see you get home last night. Where were you? There's ten bucks for anyone who can tell me. I don't happen to think that's funny, Captain. I'd like to step outside, lady. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077 Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me, as always, Al. Hi, guys. And Simon. Gentlemen. Today we're going to be discussing Episode 5 from Season 3, OR. It's the 53rd episode overall. It was directed by Gene Reynolds, written by Larry Gilbart and Lawrence Marks. The production code is B306, and it originally aired on October 8th, 1974. May I have your attention, please? Stop bleeding for a minute. My personal tortoiseshell scrub brush, given to me by my lovely mother with my initials in gold leaf, is missing out of the scrub room, again. Did you look in your last patient, Frank? That's how most of your stuff leaves here. Oh, very comical. If I had a sleeve, I'd laugh up it. Now we have a very intricate and complex plot summary for this episode. The OR is filled with more wounded than the unit can handle. Hawkeye does heart massage on a soldier, which saves his life, but he dies four hours later. The patient, not Hawkeye. Sidney Freeman drops in during the deluge and is dragged into the fray by Hawkeye. He wants to write a letter before we put him under. Go ahead, son. Are you a priest? Very much so. That cross doesn't mean there's a railroad ahead. It's to my wife, Mary Ellen. Okay. You're the only one I ever loved, honey. That girl in Tokyo didn't mean a thing to me. It's just one of those things. Go ahead. Same goes for that girl in Okinawa. And those two in Honolulu. When did you find time to get wounded? Bye-bye. Don't send it, Father. It's going to pull through. Unless his wife gets that letter. Right. Okay, guest stars for this episode, Alan Arbus happily returns as Major Sidney Friedman. We have Jamie Farr as Corporal Maxwell Q. Klinger. William Christopher is Father Francis Mulcahy. And Bobby Mitchell returns as Nurse Abel. We also have returning Odessa Cleveland as Lieutenant Ginger Bayless. And Jean Schuler as the anesthesiast. Now, Jean starred in three episodes of MASH, this being her first. These are her only credits reported on IMDb. Orlando Dole as the Ethiopian soldier. Not to be confused with Orlando Bland and his confused stare. This is Orlando, who starred in just four titles. The last in 1982 Al Pacino film, Author, Author, in which he played a pimp. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And rounding out our guest list is Bobby Herbeck. He played Patient, only 14 titles in Bobby's IMDb page. Ones that stand out are Chips, Different Strokes, 
and Small Wonder. He wrote the screenplay for my favorite cosplay outfit film from 1990, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Can we turn that hogwash off? Yes, sir. Colonel? You? Uh, the cook says since everyone's going to be in here tonight, should he make cold food instead of hot? His hot food is usually cold enough for me. Hot food, cold food, movies. Retractor. Retractor. It's so unprofessional in here. I protest all these distractions. Here, here. Mostly I protest to wearing a falsies in the OR. Now we should cut it out, Frank. You're driving me crazy. Don't let him razz you, Frank. Oh, shut up. Well, it's not an easy job taking out a man's kidney. All right, so let's go ahead and discuss this episode. You want to start us off, Meds? Yeah, sure. Um, I really like this episode. Uh, I have <clears throat> some great liners in there. Uh, Hawkeye complimenting Radar um, when he's having a shave using the coffee. Uh, mm. That That's just brilliant. The, the whole heart massage scene, I think, is so well shot. Um, it's it's just really is dramatic, but it also should be noticed uh, how much Henry helps out here. You know, everyone goes on about Hawkeye, but Henry's a really important part of the whole heart massage scene. Thanking Trapper for the uh, the kidney uh, mistake was another nice line that they every now and again mm-hmm. they throw in to show Frank's not a you know not a total ass, even yeah. though he is a total joyless per, uh, you know person. Uh, Sydney Freeman, you know, I, I love I love it when Sydney Freeman comes in, and he only he's only scattered throughout the whole of Nash. But when he does pop in, it's always in a good episode. And I think his his whole um, end line of pull down your pants and slide on the ice is just absolutely <laughs> perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. Pull down your pants and slide on the ice. See you Thursday. Um, yeah, I, I love this episode. And I, I, I must say, and I do apologise to our listeners, that the, uh, the future episodes of uh, Series 3 that we're doing after this are... This is probably the only one I like so far, so uh, I'm bigging it up big stuff. <laughs> fair no, warning I, there, yeah. Yeah, I, I really do like this episode. I think it's great. Great drama, great humor. Very cool. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this episode as well. It's so funny to see an episode that's completely encased in the OR. Mm. I mean, they. I don't think they... Do they even go to their room? I think everything happens within the OR or like a you know a, an offshoot where they're resting. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I really enjoyed that aspect. Like, I don't think we've ever had an episode that happened solely in the ER. I mean, for all 22 minutes, you see nothing but them working on patients. Mm. Uh, I liked um, the whole fact when, uh, you know, uh, Hawkeye noticed that Henry is starting to get arthritis. And he's like, you know, this is your ticket out. And actually, Henry wants to stay in the war. How long have you had this? Had what? I just get cramps in there, don't you ever? Oh, are you kidding? I'm the cramp champ. I'm the camp cramp champ. I can tell the onset of arthritis. Arthritis? Yeah, you remember from medical school, arthritis came right after acne, right before arrangements for time payments? It's just fatigue. It comes and goes. Henry, this could be your ticket home. I'll sign the diagnosis, we'll stick it in your belly button, and you're off. Pierce, I'll level with you. I've got a great practice back home. They all come to see me. I bet there's no one in Bloomington, Illinois, that I haven't seen naked. But uh, it's routine. Cookbook medicine. Yeah. Yep. But this place, this place, which has all the attraction of a Lance Boyle, has given me the opportunity to do more doctoring than I can do in a lifetime back in the world. Wars don't last forever, Henry. Only Ward does. One day you're going to have to go back home and die in your bed in Bloomington. 
I've done that several times. One extra brandy at the club and I have to leave an IOU on my wife's pillow. The guy sounds kind of odd. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that was, it didn't really jive with, you know, I don't know why I used the word jive, but oh well. (laughs) It it really didn't, you know, it didn't blend with the previous seasons of Henry wanting to go home, Mm, you know, wanting to get out. Do you think that's because, um, you know, ultimately what happens to Henry? You know, then that's yes, and I and I thought about that as well because it's funny when you think about all the Henry stuff because there's another episode that's really heavy based in Henry, and I want to talk about that. But it's like, am I thinking that way because I know what happens to him, or mm. it's it's hard to juggle that type of thing? It just to me it was it just seemed very uncharacteristic because he wants to go home, he has an opportunity, but now he's saying he's on the cutting edge, which also makes sense because you know those doctors are on the cutting edge of doing things. Yeah. You know, they are the first to try it. They are the experiment before it gets to the States and becomes practice. So, I mean, I understand from a doctor being a doctor and wanting to be on the front line, but, you know, it, I don't know. I just didn't – it, it, it bothered me a little bit that he was so, I'm not ready to go home. You know, I'm going to stick around. You know, I don't want to stay around. Mm. Um, I did like the fact, you know, as you mentioned, Meds, with, uh, with Frank – and the whole kidney thing about, you know, he was about to kill a man. He could have. Yeah. Do we got x-rays on this? Let's see the kidney, Frank. Well, this kidney's none of your business. I don't come to your table and mess with your organs. Frank, look at the x-rays. This guy's only got one. <laughs> one kidney? I... Well, he was so messed up. We were in such a hurry. Nobody told me they took x-rays. I could have killed him. Thank you, Doctor. Just happened to be in the neighborhood. I mean, it, luckily he said something. You know, some, luckily he was an ass at that moment and said something to the <laughs> nurse. Or the, the guys would never have overheard him and had, you know, Trapper check it out. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, you know, and I liked, I liked Henry where at the, one of the, towards the last scenes where he had to make the choice of, you know, Working on this guy for eight hours, using up a ton of resources, or letting him die, and saving more people. Pierce, I need you. Two seconds. One would be better. Irrigate that area for me. I'll be right back. What is it? Look at this. Oh, God. It's at least eight hours' work. His liver's gone. There's a dozen kids outside that can be saved. He'll take two surgeons and who knows how many units of blood. And what's worse, he'll never make it. And meanwhile, we may lose some of the others. Pierce, I have a lot of trouble with this kind of decision. Henry, he should never have been brought in here in the first place. Orderly, help me with this man, please. I like that aspect of, you know, because they do have everyone's life in their hands. They get to choose, pick and choose who they're going to save and who they're not going to save. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Hawkeye did bring up the point that, you know, he shouldn't have even been brought to us because he he's so damaged that, you know, we shouldn't have even made this choice. Um, you know, and it shows it shows what, what kind of doctor Hawkeye is compared to Henry, because, you know, I mean, Henry had a really tough time making the decision to do that. And it was ultimately Hawkeye who really talked to him and said, you know, we, we can't. Yeah, it's also another one of these things as well where you see that um, how much 
the Trapper character is slowly being pushed out and, and the reason why uh, Wayne Rogers left because originally Trapper is the chest cutter, you know, yeah. and he's the heart the, the, the heart specialist. And yeah. so really the person on top, you know, doing the heart massage theoretically should, of course, be Trapper. But they, Yeah, but they did that in previous seasons, right, with, with they made Hawkeye more of the heart person, even though it really should be Trapper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's continue, it's consistent with the Hawkeye that we know in the TV series. Mm. Just not with the movie. Or the, or the books. Or the books, yeah. 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 Uh, but overall, I really enjoyed it. For, for Like I said, for being a self-contained episode, for it literally just happening in the OR, they kept the pace going. It was still interesting. It was still funny. It was still poignant. Uh, it had a lot of good uh, heart-to-heart moments with the characters. Uh, and that's what I like about MASH. I mean, I love the comedy and you know the, the hardcore drama, but it's all about the characters and how they interact and... They do truly care about each other, and Frank can be a jerk sometimes. But when he said thank you to Trapper, mm-hmm. you know it was great. And then he ex- he went a little too far because Trapper was trying to sleep. Yeah. And so then you get the comedy, you know. Um, but yeah, it was I, I I enjoyed it, and it was a a good episode, really good. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed it as well. And and that that scene you're talking about between uh, Frank and and Trapper. McIntyre, I want to thank you for helping out on that kidney. And what I don't understand is, why do people take an instant dislike to me? It saves time, Frank. Well, we got along fine for the first two weeks. Exactly, Frank. That time was absolutely wasted. But deep down, there's no real hatred, is there? Deep down, no. It's just that you're a joyless person, Frank. You're D-U-L. I'm from a very strict family. We weren't allowed to talk at meals. We couldn't even hum. Anybody who hummed got a punch in the throat. That's terrible. I think that's why I became a snitch, so I could talk to somebody. You were a snitch, Frank? I'd squeal on anybody. Once, in school, I caught my best friend smoking. I didn't report him. Later, I snitched on myself for not snitching. Give me a break, Frank. I'm very tired. I'm hearing you through the wrong end of the binoculars. All I'm asking is for you and Pierce to let up razzing me. Okay, Frank. Friends? Friends, Frank. No more hostility. No more hatred. Friends. Now shut up, Frank, or I'll kill you. Uh, It kind of gives you a little bit of insight as to why Frank is the way he is. I mean, holy cow. When When they were bad, they got popped in the throat? Oh yeah, for talking. Yeah, oh, my you God. Uh, you kind of feel bad for Frank, but you don't want to because he's such a jerk. I know, I know. But I mean, you guys know that uh, it's unpopular. But uh, Frank's always been kind of one of my favorite characters for mm-hmm. various reasons. And and uh, yeah, he does he does act like a total ass a lot. But this this episode kind of gives you a little peek into why he he was that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how many people caught it, but um, when uh, Radar brought. Uh, Hawkeye, the uh, the shaving uh, stuff, and uh, and Hawkeye referred to him as Andy. Uh, here's some coffee, Hawkeye, and your razor. Uh, we used all the hot water on the instruments. Yeah, okay, well, I gotta get going. Uh, some uh, personnel is donating blood, and I promised the donors donuts. Run along, Andy. He was mm-hmm. talking about Andy Hardy. Remember the Andy Hardy? 
uh, movies from the 40s and the 50s I with um, Mickey Rooney. Yeah. Mm. No, Al, I, I'm 39. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Madge, you know what I forgot? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, and another another great uh, example of how Radar, uh, he's saying what Henry is saying as Henry's saying it. And, you know, the relationship between the two of those uh, two of those characters always, you know, I, I always enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, like you were you guys were saying, Frank actually says thank you to Trapper, which I found really strange because he doesn't do that. <laughs> and then I, th- this isn't the first time we see this, but it's one of the the first and really in your face examples of how Hawkeye refuses to let a patient die. And, you know, that shows his, his commitment to medicine, his commitment to people, even though he may come off as somebody who doesn't really care about people at, at times, he really and truly does. And, oh, yeah. um, and, and, and this might sound very odd, but I was... I thought it was a great uh, plot device to let that patient die yeah. because we get to see, you know, that even though Hawkeye did this amazing thing, n- not everything has a happy ending here. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit more realistic. So I really love that. And, and you mentioned it earlier, Meds, uh, Sydney's advice at the end, pull down <laughs> your pants and slide on the ice. I just, yeah, I, that is, that is such perfect advice, but yeah, I'm like you guys. I enjoyed this episode. Very cool. What do you mean, no pulse? What I said, doctor. No pulse. Well, how did that happen? He was doing so well. What's wrong? Give me a heart needle and some adrenaline. Come on. Come on. No dice. Adrenaline, doctor. Are you ventilating him okay? Yes, doctor. Still no pulse. You're losing him. The hell I am. I'm not going to let somebody screw up my batting average. Give me a scalpel. Stand by with a rib spreader. What are you doing? I'm going to try some open heart massage. We've never done that. Neither is he. Rib spreader. Rib spreader. Get them apart for me. Pierce, you are one cool cucumber. Here we go. I'm getting something. 60 over 40. Come on, you can do better than that. I'm getting a pulse. It's stronger. It's beating on its own. 92 over 60. Bingo. You did it. That's my bunkie. Taught him everything he knows. I'll finish for you, Pierce. Okay, thanks, Henry. Thanks, everybody. It's the most fantastic thing I ever saw. Henry, I gotta talk to you later. Anytime. If I'm gonna do this kind of work, I gotta get more money. All right, let's move on to some behind the scenes. All us off. The date for this episode can be determined because over the Camp PA, there's an announcement about General Douglas MacArthur's ticker tape parade in New York City. That event occurred on April 20th, 1951. And this one is kind of obvious, but just in case you didn't know, the abbreviation in the title stands for Operating Room. Trapper narrowly prevents Frank from removing a patient's kidney, saving the soldier's life since he has only one. But a man with only one kidney would have been declared 4F and would have been denied a chance to serve in the army. Well, you know, 
Not unless he lied or... That's true. Or or he lost it, I guess, in battle. But then again, he would have been sent home if he only had one. Yeah. So. I mean, considering... How do you I mean, lose... How do you lose a kidney? Oh, I yeah, I, mean, I, I misplaced my keys, but I never You, you haven't been out on a night out with me, Al. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but again, I mean, you think about it, we have soldiers who, who, who you know, say they're 18 when they're actually only 16. True. So True. You know, if, they, if they can't find out the date of birth properly, then there you go. Yeah, unless they take x-rays of everybody's body to see what yeah. organs you have. There's no <laughs> way, really. Klinger imitates Bela Lugosi's Dracula, saying, I must give blood or die. And that's from Dracula 1931. Hmm. Blood and Sand from 1941 is the movie that the doctors are listening to uh, through the speaker while working in the OR. Very cool. I don't think they've ever done that before, where they piped <clears throat> in the movie through the speakers. No. They've always done, like, radio. Right. Hmm. But never the movie they were playing. Major Friedman, the psychiatrist. Remember me, sir? Corporal Klinger? Remember you? I had to buy an extra cabinet for your file. How about it, sir? Any chance for a psycho? Klinger, there's 17 other guys wearing dresses ahead of you. And some smart stuff. No, wait. Something new. I'm beginning to wet the bed. Anything? Get yourself a pair of rubber bloomers. All right, it's time for some trivia. This one is for our listeners, of course. The question is, what is the 4077th motto? So go ahead and email that answer to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. Once again, the question is, what was the 4077th motto? I know you guys know it. I didn't know it, so I guess I'm not a good MASH fan. No, you're sacked. sacked. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not now, Radar. I'm teaching this new man here malpractice. Sir, I just had a talk with a nurse. Hope you straightened her out, Radar. Uh, you remember that open-heart massage patient before? Yeah. She told me to tell you that uh, he didn't make it a few minutes ago. Sorry, sir. I got some bleeding here. Should I clamp it? I thought I got to him in time. Clamp it. Thanks. Hawk. He was gone once. You bought him four hours he never would have had. I've read all the procedures. It's worked. Maybe I should have stayed with him in post-op. We needed you here. You want to get back in the game? I'm not ready to solo yet. I really thought I pulled it off. Some patients insist on dying, Hop. You knew that going in, but you had to be a doctor. I never had any choice. It's all I ever cared about. It's all I ever wanted to do. I didn't think I'd be more useful as a cocktail waitress. You haven't got the legs for it. Let me finish this myself, will you, Sidney? Good idea. Occupational therapy. All right, you can find MASH 4077 all over the internet. You can find us at Facebook, www.facebook.com slash MASH 4077 podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at MASH 4077 podcast 
and you can follow me at Hawkeye Mids. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. And I am at Tales Podcast. And we have a totally radical website, man. You can find that at www.mash4077podcast.com. We have a blog. You can find that at www.mash4077podcast.blogspot.com. And you can send us your feedback and, of course, the answers to our trivia questions to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. And we even have a very cool store where you can buy all kinds of neat stuff, all with the MASH 4077 logo on it. Even has our pictures. I've seen it. Pretty cool stuff. You can find our online store at www.zazzle.com forward slash MASH 4077 podcast. And remember, you can follow us on iTunes, Direct Download, or of course, from Stitcher Radio. Just search for MASH 4077 podcast. All right, so overall, I think we enjoyed this episode, yeah. all three of us. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, cool. Well, I'm Kenny. Uh, I'm Simon. And my name is Hugh Janus. <laughs> and we'll be seeing ya. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Something's burning. Fire! Oh. Got it. Great thinking, Trev. You could have blown us all up. How did you know there was an alcohol in that basin? Hey, look, I'm sorry. Maybe you'd like the fire back. I was merely pointing out. You could have blown us all up. Wait a minute. Come on, folks. The war. Remember? Of course. It was in all the papers for a while. Yeah, who wanted money? Okay, get this man back. Hey, Hey there, MASH fans, this is Meds. Now, as you know, both myself, Al and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and mine is called Waffle on Podcast, and we talk about classic television programs and films from around the world. So if you think that's your cup of tea, or cup of coffee, whichever you like, then come over to iTunes and type in Waffle on Podcast. Or, of course, you can go to our main site, which is at Podbean, so just type in waffleon.podbean.com. We would be honoured if you join us. was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. 
My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're, we're huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www. Talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a Mickey, Mickey day. day. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Rick. And we're the hosts of the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. We're celebrating the original Battlestar Galactica series, and we're doing that by uh, watching an episode in total and commenting on it as it runs. And you know what's really fun about it is we're attempting to bring guest hosts in with us so that we can talk kind of like that mystery science theater kind of thing and we sometimes we make a little fun of the episode and sometimes we talk about how cool it is so you just never know what you're going to get when you listen yes so come and join us we're on itunes you can find us by searching for ragtag fugitive podcast and we're on the stitcher radio network you also can visit our cool website and make comments and have fun looking around in the officer's lounge and all that jazz by going to Ragtag Fugitive Podcast.com. You have our word as a warrior. Word as a warrior! Plank down your cubits and come on over and let's play a game of Pyramid, the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. Nash 4077 Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. Today we're going to be discussing... Today we're going to be... Sorry. Today we're going to be discussing episode... God, this is not a good start. We also have a Bobby... We also have Bobby Herbert... Her, uh, blah. And the movie Blood and Sand from 1941 is what? What? Oh, yeah. God. I, I have a yogamly pickle. I just hit the button. It'll stop in a second. Oh, I want that on the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> Only in America, folks. <laughs> um. Excuse you. Sorry. <laughs> Airplane. <laughs>